Welcome to the weekly podcast of Bright Star Bible Church. I'm Pastor Michael Branch. As we begin, we pray, Lord, sanctify us in truth. Your word is truth. Everything I've learned in Scripture as far as my foundation comes from my dad and how he taught me how to study God's word and to hold it in in the highest authority in our lives. And uh, so I could tell you that that um, he's my hero, and uh, he he's always been someone that I've just looked up to greatly, and um, so I'm honored to have him here today. And I think you guys will get a lot out of his message out of Habakkuk. All right. So, Dad. Well, thank you, Michael. <laughs> Michael always. Uh... Uh, always called me his hero, and I always call him my hero because uh, as he was growing up, uh, I uh, I baptized a lot of his friends. And the reason I baptized a lot of his friends was because he would lead them to the Lord. So that was that was from the time he was uh, seven, eight years old. He began uh, telling his friends about Jesus, and and that's what it's all about. It's all about Jesus, right? Uh, in fact, our, our, uh, the church Kathy and I belong to, Kemp Baptist Church in Kemp, Oklahoma, we, uh, our pastor, um, he texted me last night and said, we're baptizing again tomorrow. And uh, I said, oh, great. How many? He said, one this time. This makes 15 this month. So God has blessed our church with uh, a harvest of souls because of, uh, of Easter, the Easter pageant. Uh, Kathy and I have participated in the Easter pageant there for uh, this was our fifth time we missed last year because of that dreaded 2020, you know. But uh, uh, but we were back again this year, and uh, and as a result of that, we've uh, we've had 15 uh, baptized in our church, and we pray there were lots more in other churches. But that's as I said, that's what it's about. It's about Jesus. It's about uh, telling folks about Him, and and. Uh, and whether you're in a small church situation or a big mega church, that's the message, and that's what we're here for. I um, uh, we're entering in, into the second quarter of this year. Uh, we started out the first this year, hoping beyond hope that that things were going to get back to normal. And uh, and our idea of normal, of course, was that uh, uh, that we wouldn't have to worry about contacting that dreaded disease that that might or might not kill us you know when it first started it was going to wipe out the world and uh, and so then we finally learned that it was going to, it was going to take the lives of some but uh, but there you know that it wasn't near as as uh, dreaded as they first made it out to be they didn't know and they I don't think they still do but uh, we, we also thought it would get back to normal, that we could go to the places of business where we used to, uh, to uh, go and purchase things we needed, like toilet paper, uh, or anything else. You go to a business, you didn't know whether the door was going to be open or not, or whether they would let you in without three masks on your face, and then if, uh, whether or not there would be what you needed when you got there. Um, we, uh, we thought normal would be where the chairman of the CDC didn't tell us where we could go. Uh, the president, uh, the governor, the mayor of the town didn't tell us where we could go, uh, what we could do, how many people could gather together at one time. Um, 
those are all things that, that we thought would, would bring our lives back to normal, so to speak. Well, after you listened to Habakkuk, the first chapter of Habakkuk a while ago, I, I guess you realized along with me that, hey, this is normal, isn't it? And it, and it has been ever since, not just when Habakkuk wrote uh, this little three-chapter book, um, back before Israel, or the southern kingdom of Israel, was taken away into captivity, uh, it, it was imminent. It was about to happen as a result of their wickedness. Uh, God's people were bad, and, uh, and so God was going to, uh, to have to do something about that, and He had warned them now for, for 800 years. And, uh, and tried to get them to return to Him and, and to worship Him and Him alone. And, and instead, they had gone to great lengths to go the opposite direction. And so it came down to where God, uh, he, was, he was up against a, a hard place. He had to make a decision, and He made that decision out of love. But uh, this, this book about uh, Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, however you want to say it, is, uh, is kind of like uh, looking at the newspaper today if you see what was going on there and what he was complaining about to God. And, and, uh, and it was a mess. The, uh, the world was a mess. Actually, the world had been a mess. If you want to look back all the way to Genesis chapter 5, where God says, my, my spirit will not always strive with man. Uh, and then he, said, he looked at everything and he said, uh, the thoughts of man are only con evil continually. And so he destroyed the world at that time. And, and so it's... It's, it was bad then, and, and, uh, and, and it's, it has been bad ever since, <laughs> and, it, and it's bad today, believe me. Um, but uh, point, I want to point out three things here in, in the book of Habakkuk, and they're pretty much the same all the way through God's Word. Uh, three things that, that, uh, that gives us uh, the reason to believe that, that God's in control today just like He was back then. And, uh, and he has a plan. Uh, and the first thing that Habakkuk points out is that God is merciful. Uh, God, he wants us to know Him. Uh, he wants us to have a relationship with Him. And, uh, and He wants to be our God. And He wants us to live by faith. And, and Habakkuk says that, uh, basically, that the just shall live by faith. And, uh, and so God is merciful, but then God is moral, and that means that God is not going to allow sin to go unpunished forever. Uh, sometimes we think we're getting away with sin. No, we're not. Uh, a nation isn't getting away with sin. Uh, we look at, at our, our country and we think that, that things are terrible and God's not doing anything about it. And, and, uh, and we ask the same question as Habakkuk. Why, God? Uh, why do you allow it to go on like this and, and don't act? Well... Uh, God is he's, he's merciful, He's long-suffering, He's moral, and God is also majestic. The last verse of, of chapter 2 tells us that, that God is on His throne. He's still, he's still uh, in His temple, uh, exactly where He always was. He hasn't gone anywhere, and, uh, and He's not oblivious to what's going on in the world, and God has a plan. So uh, this little... Three-chapter book of Habakkuk is, is like I said, it's, it's like looking into uh, the newspapers or listening to the news today if, you, if you'll just stop and think about it. So now, having read the first chapter, I want us to look in chapter 2, and, uh, and we'll be looking at, at several verses in chapter 2 as we go through. Um, and, and first of all, 
the first verse where Habakkuk says, I will stand my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me. He's been talking to God in chapter 1. And he says, I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Well, you heard the complaint all through chapter 1. God, things are terrible around here. Uh, everything's going crazy and, and you're doing nothing about it. And so he says, I'm going to wait and see what, uh, uh, what God is going to do about it. That word complaint. Uh, we complain to God sometimes. We don't voice it, but we, we do think about it, don't we? Uh, these are questions that I would ask God myself. And <coughs> he says... Uh, uh, he said, how long? How long, are, are, uh, how long am I going to ask for help and you do nothing? Uh, I cry out to you about the violence and you don't, you don't do it. You don't do anything. You don't change it. And so uh, he said, and, and then he gets his answer in chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. And, uh, and God said, it says, The Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. Write it down. It's going to happen. Tell everybody. And he says, For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. That means it's the truth. It's going to happen. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. Now that last verse is kind of ambiguous. Isn't it? It, kind of, it kind of looks like it contradicts itself, but it don't. So uh, as you uh, uh, think about what uh, uh, Habakkuk has, uh, the first chapter and what we just read, and, and think about it yourself. When you ask a question, what do you expect? What are you looking for? You're looking for an answer to your question. And, uh, and not only do you want an answer to it, but you want the answer you want to hear. Not just any answer, you want to know what, you want to hear what you want to hear. And that's, uh, that's where Habakkuk was. He was hoping God was going to say, well, I'm just going to kill all these people that are uh, making it rough for my people and for you and, and, uh, and everything's going to be okay. Well, that's not the answer Habakkuk got. In fact, as, uh, as you've noticed already, God says, uh, uh, I'm going I'm to do some things that, uh, that is going to bring my people back to me. Uh, what... Uh, uh, Habakkuk was just like we are, watching his homeland drift into godlessness and faithlessness, and and uh, and and he wanted God to do something, just like we would love to see God do something, and and we're waiting too. We're we're watchmen, aren't we? And that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be watchmen, and uh, and so uh, God said, "Okay, here's what I'm going to do." In answer to your question, you write this down. And, uh, and, and then realize that this is, this is not the full answer. It's going to be way far in the future where you get my final answer and where it actually all comes to pass, but write it down. And, uh, and he says, uh, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to send that wicked nation Babylon down through here and they're going to, they're going to destroy uh, Jerusalem. They're going to take all of, the, all of the vessels from the temple that you used to worship me because you're not really worshiping me anyway and uh, and they're going to take you all back to Babylon and you're going to be in captivity there for years to come whoa god that's not what i wanted to hear 
And, uh, and often we, uh, we don't get the answer we want from God uh, because we don't understand the full picture. We don't understand where God's going with this. And, and just like Habakkuk, we can't give up on God. And he didn't give up on him. He, he, said, he, said, uh, uh, he said, okay, I'm going up on the ramparts and I'm going to wait. I'm going to watch. Sometimes when you don't understand what God's up to, you have to just be patient. And that's where we are today, right? We're, we're patiently being impatient. <laughs> so he says, I'll stand my watch. I'll station myself on the ramparts. That, uh, that, those those uh, words are actually used in a military sense normally. Someone's going to stand watch on the towers. They're going to be watching for an enemy to come or, or making sure an enemy doesn't come. But in the Bible, oftentimes the, the, the watchman is, it, is uh, it's in a literal sense as it is here. And uh, he's getting up on the towers, up in the high places. He's getting a better perspective. And that, that uh, uh, sometimes what, you know, what's going on in the world is confusing to us. It was confusing to Habakkuk, and it's confusing to us. And, and when God seems lackadaisical and, and that attitude uh, uh, of, uh, I don't care, it seems that way to us anyway, and, and that's confusing to us also. And then, and then when God actually does something drastic, to bring his people back to them, like allow a pandemic on the whole world, we're confused about that as well, aren't we? And uh, when uh, when God's doing something we don't understand, what Habakkuk is trying to say here, and what God is saying is, just trust me, just trust me. I have a plan, and it's all working according to my plan. Just trust me, have faith, and watch, and wait. You know, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 says, Trust the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. There are times when we just have to trust, and this is one of those times. So Habakkuk went up to those towers to get away from all the distractions, and that's what we have to do in the day in which we're living. And I don't know what your distractions are, Yours are probably different from mine. Uh, whatever it is, whatever's keeping you from, from focusing on God, uh, that's what you need to get away from. And, and, uh, and, you know, where we need to be is where we are right now, in church. We need to be in church with God's people. And, and then we need to be in God's Word and, and, uh, and reading His Word, just like uh, Habakkuk gives me uh, a new perspective of what's happening in the world today because I see what... God did and how He plans to take care of that through Habakkuk. The living Word. Isn't it? The living Word. And God, He said, write it down. Why do you suppose He said write it down? For you and me. So we can read it today and realize God's plan is still in motion and, and, uh, and it's, you know, He's still moving forward with that plan and we just have to watch and wait. So we have to get away from those distractions and and, uh, and, and talk to God and, and get answers from God. I think that probably one of the saddest verses in God's Word is found in, in Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. And it says, I sought for a man among them 
that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land. I've got a plaque that I've had ever since Michael was about this high. And that's what it says. I will stand in the gap. God says, I, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Isn't that sad? Isaiah 21 verse 11 says, He calls me out of seer. Watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? God is calling every one of us to be watchmen, to, 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 be, uh, uh, to be standing in the gap, to be lifting up the nation, to be praying for, for the nation and be praying for those uh, who have power over us and for God to carry out His plan, for God to do His will in it. And uh, two important things about a watchman. A watchman doesn't talk. He listens. And a watchman doesn't argue. He watches. And he waits to see what God's going to do. And so the Lord told him what He was going to do. He said, write it down. Uh, make it plain on the tablets so that a herald may run with it. The revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end, and it's the truth. It won't prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. Okay, so he says, it's going to linger, but it's not going to delay. <coughs> Excuse me. Sometimes when we, we see God not, we think He isn't doing anything, we think He's lingering. Uh, he, we, think, we think He's, I'm sorry, we think that he's, uh, he's lax. We think that He's delaying. We think that He's not active. Well, you know, God's Word says that it's not His will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And it goes even farther than that. It says God's not lax as a manner of, as, you know, as some think, but, it, but he's, uh, he's patient, He's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And so He, 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 tells, uh, he tells Habakkuk, you mark it down, you write it down for, for generations to come so that they'll know that I'm, I'm not being lax. I have a plan, and my plan is going exactly as, as I have it planned, and, uh, and I'm in control. And there, as I said, there are some reasons why we can, we can believe that God is in control. Number one, He's merciful. He, uh, uh, he's, uh, look at verse 4, if you will. He says, See, the enemy's puffed up. His desires are not upright. But the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. The enemy is puffed up. Who's our enemy? When you look in God's Word, all the way through God's Word, and, and even especially when Jesus was teaching, the world is our enemy. Jesus said, don't be of the world. Be, you're, you're, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. And He prayed for God to take His followers out of the world. And so when you talk about the world, you're talking about, in, in Habakkuk's case, it was Babylon. <clears throat> the world is whoever's trying to control you. 
Um, and God doesn't want His people living like the world. He wants us living by faith. And, and so when we're not living by faith, and when God's people begin to fall away from living by faith, God has to do something drastic to get our attention, to bring us back to Him. I read a story about a, a, a young boy who lived in South Florida, and there was a lake behind his house, and he, was, he, he went swimming in that lake regularly. And one day it was hot, he decided to go swimming, so he goes running out the back door, and he's shucking his clothes as he runs toward the water, and when he gets there, he dives in, and he's swimming toward the middle of the lake, and little to his knowledge, there's an alligator in the lake, and as soon as he hears the splashing water, he begins to swim toward the boy. And the boy's mother's looking out the window, and she sees her son swimming toward an alligator, and an alligator swimming toward her son, and so she frantically runs outside, begins to yell at him, and and, uh, and he finally hears her voice, and he sees what's going on. He, he begins to swim back frantically toward, the, toward his mom who's out there on the dock. And, and, uh, and just about the time he reaches the dock, the alligator reaches him. The alligator grabs him by the legs, and his mother grabs him by the arms, and there's a tug of war going on. And she's not as strong as the alligator, but she's screaming to the top of her voice. And, and a farmer driving by hears her screams, and he comes running out. He sees what's happening. He comes running out with a rifle, and he takes aim and kills the alligator. Well, miraculously, after several weeks in the hospital, the boy survives. And there's a newsman there, a reporter, and he's talking to him, and he says, Show me your scars. And he pulls his gown, his hospital gown up, and he shows him all of the the, the scars on his legs uh, where the alligator's teeth went in and, and then he said, but look at these scars and he rolls up his sleeves and he shows him the scars on his arms and he says, you know what those scars are? Those are because my mother wouldn't let go. You know, we all as, as children of God, we have scars. Some of us have scars that, that when we look back at those scars, the, they make us feel a little bit ashamed because we know that they were because of our own stupidity and our own foolishness. And yet we can look at those scars and, and, uh, and we can realize that, uh, that some of those scars are because God wouldn't let go. And that's what's going on in the world today. God has not let go of His people. He's holding on, and even though sometimes things are going to hurt, uh, we're, going to, we're going to have some scars, but, uh, but, but those scars are going to be because God has got a plan. He's working his plan out. And sometimes he has to take drastic measures to get his children to pay attention. <clears throat> God's merciful. He's not going to allow his people to, to, uh, to be destroyed. And, uh, and then the second reason is God's moral. And when we look at this uh, scripture, he says, the earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. When we read that verse, if we're not careful, we'll miss the most important part about it, and it's talking about the glory of the Lord. The earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. And what that means is God has made it a point to let everybody in the earth know who He is. He's made everybody aware that He is God. And so there's none who has any excuse for not turning to God. 
And so the 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 glo- the glory of the Lord is is follows it it covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. That means there's no end to it, and uh, and that means that uh, uh, that God has revealed Himself in such a way that that everyone can know Him and and that that He has moral standards and that that He's not going to allow sin to go unpunished and and therefore. Uh, if you look back at chapter 2 of Habakkuk, you'll see that, that God's own people there were bad. And God had to do something. And, and I realize that there's some Christians in the world today who are bad as well. And sometimes God has to do uh, drastic things to get our attention. He has to get us back living by faith. And, and if you look at the things that, that was going on, even with God's people in chapter 2, there was greed. They were never satisfied. They were always uh, gathering and collecting for, for self rather than, and, than thinking about what God has put us here for. Remember what he said, Go ye into all the world and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always. That's still God's command to His church. That's still what He expects out of us. So there's, there's the greed in, even in God's church, and there's the, I don't know if you realize it or not, but for the last uh, 2,000 years, the church has been allowing the world into it, and it's been going into the world, and sometimes it gets to where you can't tell the difference in the two. And, uh, and I believe that's what we see today. There's injustice, even among Christians. And then there's violence. And, and uh, uh, these, uh, the world around the church, the God's people in that day, they were, uh, they were uh, bent on establishing their control over God's people. And that's happening to us today. People want to control us. And, uh, and God sees that. Then there was the sensuality. There's the, the sexual activity, and if you'll pardon me to say it. Uh, you know, what, what Christian parent would want their children to be being taught sex education when they're too young to even know what it's all about? And it's going on. And we uh, sometimes have no choice other than to pull our children out of school and homeschool. Uh, idolatry. Uh, it, um, there was uh, God's people were um, worshiping idols, and uh, the world today is worshiping humanity, not the one who uh, created humanity. So God says, "Sin's not going to go unpunished." And uh, you look in verse sixteen; you'll be filled with shame instead of glory. He's talking to the world now. You're going, to be, you're going to have your day, but your day is going to end. What goes around comes around. And, and you'll, you'll be filled with shame instead of glory. And it's your turn. Drink and let your nakedness be exposed. The cup from the Lord's right hand is coming around to you, and disgrace will cover your glory. The world might have its day, but God's day is coming. And... Uh, uh, there will come a day when God's judgment is going to fall on all of those in the world who, uh, who are wicked and treating, uh, cre- treating others in a bad way. The third reason is, of course, God's majestic. And the last verse in the, in the chapter says, But the Lord in, is in His holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before Him. Well, that's hard to do, isn't it? Just to shut up and be silent. <laughs> be still and listen. 
And that's what God is saying. I'm still in my temple. I'm still here. I haven't gone anywhere. And I'm not going anywhere. And I have a plan. <laughs> and it's all working according to my plan. Uh, we may even sometimes try to shut God out and, and try to ignore His purpose for us in life. Um, sometimes we, we live on, as Christians, we live on and, and thinking God doesn't care and doesn't know what's going on in with me. He knows. And, uh, and uh, he, says, he says, worship is for me, not the things in the world, not the idols in your life, whatever those idols are, but worship is for me. And we need to realize today, God's in His holy place. Just like uh, uh, Habakkuk learned, God's everlasting. He's all-powerful. He's not controllable. You're not going to tr control Him and you're not going to uh, manipulate God. There are some Christians who think they can manipulate God with, uh, with what they do or what they give or, or, or this or that. And you, and you can't manipulate Him. He's, mag he's majestic. He, he's reigning today as He always has. And, and, uh, and worship and praise is for God alone. <clears throat> God spoke. He spoke to Habakkuk. And He's speaking to us today. He's saying today, he, He's telling us that it's time for you to live by faith. You, uh, you're not going to understand everything that's going on in the world, but you just have to trust that I, I know it and, I'm, and I've got a plan and everything's in control. And He's telling the world, sin's not going to go unpunished. And He's telling the lost person, I sent my Son to die for you on a cross. You don't have to go be uh, punished like those who don't know uh, God, you can know me and you can have a relationship with me and I'm, I, I sent my son for you and I want to have that relationship. I want to know you. I want you to know me. And God's telling the church that He's not unaware of what's going on in the world today. He may linger, but He does not delay. And then He's telling us, just watch. Watch what I'm going to do. Just wait. The time is coming. He speaks. So let's just be silent before Him and let Him speak. Would you pray with me? Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged by the truth of God's Word. If you're in the Tulsa area and are looking for a local church family that teaches God's Word, then join us at 10.30 every Sunday morning. Or you can join us live online on our Facebook page or YouTube channel. Until next time, brothers and sisters, as Paul instructed, rejoice, be made complete, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you.